Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Joining us right now for Lisa on the Law and an opportunity for you ask your, to ask your questions or volunteer a story at 203-333-9422 is Frank Bevilacqua from DePamphilis and Valerie, which is a full-service legal firm based in Norwalk. And Frank Bevilacqua does a lot of criminal defense work. I asked him to come on because Representative Luxembourg of Manchester was recently uh, arrested for a DUI, uh, and he uh, admitted that he had you know, that he was wrong and was in the wrong and was going to try and make amends. In the meantime, his legislative assignments have been pulled. And this is the third of three instances within the last year in which various Connecticut legislatures have been, Connecticut legislators have been found to be uh, driving under the influence. Frank Bevilacqua, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Lisa. Pleasure to be with you. So, Frank, I really, this is not my area, and I know that you practice this so, so, you know, extensively. It's pretty common that people get arrested for DUIs. Can you explain what the police are allowed to do and not do first in the way of pulling somebody over? In other words, what behavior are they allowed to pull somebody over for? Well, thanks to a driver uh, speeding excessively, obviously they have the reason to pull them over for speeding. If they see a driver in a motor vehicle not going the speed limit, that's a telltale sign there's something wrong so they could pull a driver over for going too slow. Uh, If they don't see a driver using their headlights appropriately or their turn signals appropriately or weaving in and out, or just not maintaining the the, uh, the pattern of the road in a proper manner. They sway from one side to the other. That's m- more than enough reason to uh, pull a driver over for anything. If they see windows that are tinted too dark and they don't have um, uh, the proper tag for the window tinting, that's reason enough to pull a driver over. So they, they, they pretty much have... Uh, or speaking, an individual speaking on a cell phone or texting while driving, that's reason enough to pull a, a driver over. So they, 
they, you know, you follow the rules. You won't get pulled over. You do the right speed limit. You won't get pulled over. You have tinted windows, have a seal for it. Um, so these are just general reasons that uh, law enforcement will pull the driver over on the side of the road. So, Frank, um, I, I wanted to ask you this, though, because I think most people don't know this. If if you get pulled over and you're accused or suspected of driving under the influence and a police officer asks you to take a sobriety test, do you have to take the test? You don't have to take the test, but you are opening yourself up for being arrested for uh, um, suspicion of driving under the influence. And it's not so much alcohol anymore. It's also marijuana. It used to be the DUI, all right? Now it's impaired driving, and that's the, that's the indifference. Now you could be impaired for marijuana use um, in operating a motor vehicle. So they upped it a little bit. So in other words, so they're they're giving you a test to see whether or not you're impaired, not necessarily whether you're impaired from alcohol. Correct. So they'll do the field sobriety test to see if you're impaired. Um, The straight line walk, the balancing test, the stigma test on your on your eyes, things to that end will give them an indication. Also, you know, with, with heavy alcohol consumption it starts coming through an individual's pores. It comes on their breath. You could, you could smell alcohol on an individual. Um, in the same manner, you could smell if an individual just um, indulged in marijuana use. Definitely. marijuana. Definitely. They it reach, just, for sure. Yeah, it, it yeah. terminates their clothing. So yeah. that's sufficient enough to administer the field sobriety test. Okay, and and for the field sobriety test, if you if you refuse to take it, can that go against you in a court of law? Yes, it definitely could, and you could be brought into the police station, and they could ask you if you want to do uh, uh, the breathalyzer test in the police station, and if law enforcement, at their discretion, do not feel the breathalyzer test would give an accurate reading, they could ask you for a, uh, a urine test. Or if there's an accident, uh, the law enforcement can uh, subpoena the blood test that would be taken by uh, the, visit the hospital from a physician or a nurse. So I they see. Could get, they could get all that data against an individual if, they're, if they believe they're impaired. So and if, if and you if you it. refuse to do it, if you refuse to pee in a cup, if you refuse, you refuse, you refuse, what's the worst thing that can happen to you as the driver if you refuse? You could be charged as operating under the influence under the common law, and, and state's attorneys will prosecute under that, that basis. And can they draw an inference from the fact that, you're, that you didn't take it to give an automatic penalty? Because I, I thought yes. that... Yeah, that, that's what I'm, you know, I thought that Connecticut law said if you don't submit to one of these sobriety field tests or if you don't submit, maybe it's the other one, to um, to the breathalyzer test, then you can have like an automatic penalty of suspension of your driver's license. That is correct. They, they would uh, infer that you were under the influence and you could, your license could be suspended for 45 days. Correct. 45 days. Okay. 45 yes. days. And what is our, I mean, Frank Bevilacqua, you are a criminal defense attorney. What is the attitude in general of prosecutors and judges with respect to these 
DUIs? Is it a strict attitude or a lax attitude? I'm not going to say either. I'm going to say it's a cautious attitude. If an individual happens to be coming from an office party, let's use that as a reference. Okay. Never in trouble a day in his or her life. Unfortunately, they had a few more cocktails than hors d'oeuvres, and they should have eaten a hamburger, but they didn't, or something to uh, bring down it. the alcohol content right, right. in their body. And they find them, this individual who's a law-abiding citizen for all intents and purposes, but their blood alcohol is over the legal limit. The, the, the state of Connecticut has the Impaired Driving Education Program, which would give, grant these individuals an opportunity to take the test, uh, take a, a class, excuse me, um, to preserve their li- license, uh, preserve the fact that they will not receive a criminal record for a misdemeanor, but the Department of Motor Vehicles has their own, I would call, that method of addressing anyone that did um, have an al- uh, alcohol-related offense, where they'll in put in a car an impaired dr- um, in interlock ignition device for the impaired driver to measure them for three months, two months, six months. It depends on how the Department of Motor Vehicles feels they want to address it. But also simultaneously, the criminal court will allow the individual an opportunity to take a class, um, put them on uh, unsupervised probation for a year, and if they're successful in the class, and also they must take a mother against drunk driving class um, and no other offenses, the charges will be dismissed against them. Now, the impaired operating driver program, like the alcohol education program, uh, law and by the citizen could use it every 10 years if they find themselves in the same predicament. Interesting. Every yeah. 10 years. Okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. We've got a call from you, Bill from Fairfield. You're on the air with Frank Bevilacqua of DePanfilis and Valerie. Hi, Frank. Hi, Lisa. Um, I'm sorry if I'm being redundant, um, but are the penalties the same for getting pulled over for uh, marijuana as they are for alcohol? When you say the penalties, 
Yeah, how do they differentiate between marijuana and alcohol on a, on a typical pullover spell? The penalties are basically the same. If you're an impaired operator under the alcohol or under marijuana, you're going to go through the same program. That's why they change it from the alcohol education program to the impaired driving education program. You're impaired. What are the statistics, Frank, on deaths from alcohol, deaths from marijuana? I can't answer that question. I'm not a statistician. I'm sorry. I see. Okay. So the penalties are as are equally uh, severe for alcohol and marijuana. Just to be clear. It depends on what happens. If you if it's, you're operating a motor vehicle for the and you get pulled over and it's your first offense, you you're, you could utilize a program. If you if it's your second offense within a ten year period, then they're going to treat you as a first time offender. And you're going to have an opportunity either um, you could get a six-month suspended sentence, 18 months probation, 100 hours of community service, $500 fine, um, at least one mother against drunk driving, and move forward. And you'll have the interlock ignition device installed in your car, but you will have a criminal record for a misdemeanor for that offense. If that's the second time. In 10 years. Yeah, well, yeah, the second time within 10 years after you use the program the first time. I see. And what, if it, and what if it's your third time? Is there mandatory jail for that if it's your third stop for if impaired The third driving? offense the, you, is one year man-men. Yes? Yeah. Well, thank you very much for clarifying. It's interesting. You, you because, yeah, Bill, because this is the thing. It's about the behavior. So now they're calling it impaired driving. So the question is, if you're driving while impaired, it doesn't matter what you're impaired from. You shouldn't be behind the wheel. That's really what it's I, about. I agree. I agree. But yeah. I'm wondering if they have tests to differentiate the two, because there's obviously a difference between alcohol impairment and marijuana impairment. The, is there the, an obvious the, difference? The, if you shouldn't, if you're, if, is it obvious? I mean, in other words, what makes it obvious? If you're impaired, you're impaired. You're either driving too slowly, too fast. You're, you're, your perception of the world is altered. Well, that, your that, motor functions true. are off. I know of carfuls of people that have been killed by alcohol. Actually, friends died from alcohol at car accidents and sure. drunk drivers to people. And I don't think that there is statistics to back up the severity of the impairment with marijuana to justify the severity of the punishment for the drunk driver. But the thing is, Bill, if you're being pulled over because you're not driving properly, you're swaying, you're whatever it is you're yeah. doing, you're already pulled over because a police officer suspects that you're not driving with the other cars in the same way. It, it really doesn't matter. It means that your body at that time should not be behind the wheel. I, I, I agree, and I understand fully. And I guess there's also an issue of where is, you know, the discretion of the officer. Well, I'm, I'm talking about a regular traffic stop, not a severe, horrible accident involving mm-hmm. the impairment. Yeah. So I guess it, it comes to also the discretion of the officer on whether to pull the car over. It's, you know, you see smoke coming out of the car, and you obviously uh, there was impairment, maybe some swerving and everything. But I know of an 80-year-old woman that came home from a fundraiser for 
battered women who had a couple of cocktails and she's breathing into a breathalyzer every two hours or what I'm not sure of the time frame. But a terribly unfortunate incident for this woman who uh, I don't believe there was anything but uh, crossing over a yellow line. So I'm just I'm just wondering about ruining people's lives um, over a law that's really not clarified and uh, decisive on on the impairment of of certain things that people are are now legal. Now, marijuana is legal. Alcohol has always been legal. And it seems like alcohol is a huge killer. And I understand the impairment issue, and that's, uh, that's justified in every case. Yeah, listen, alcohol is a huge killer, and it is legal. Frank, you no. want to comment on that? Thanks, Bill. You want to you comment? Know, yeah, the the issue is, it's you know, it's the impaired operation of a motor vehicle. By the time you're 80, I don't know this woman, um, you should know better. It's, you know, first and foremost, when you consume too much alcohol or you smoke marijuana, your first thing that goes is your judgment. So basically... It's to save the pers- the other people in the car and families minding their own business while someone decided to indulge in either substance and got behind the wheel. You know, now they're operating a weapon. It's not just a car. It's a weapon. And that's the key. And I'm a defense attorney. And the first thing I tell my clients, what were you thinking? Now, let's yeah. see how we're going to work this out. Yeah. You just, they're not thinking. And... Statistics, uh, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's, it's the hard fact is people die from operators of cars under the influence, either one. Being legal or not legal shouldn't make a difference. Hey, where are we, Frank? By the way, I couldn't agree more, and I'm glad you said it. I'm sorry my dog is going berserk now. Do you hear what's going on in my house? Do you hear this? Um, I don't know how loud it seems to you, but it's very loud to me. Because my daughter has the nerve to walk up the front pathway and say hello. And so now the dogs are out of their minds. Uh, but anyway, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying. I do have one question. Where are we, Frank Bevilacqua? Where are we with um, understanding impairment from marijuana? Do we have something that police are able to use on the spot if they can't smell it? Uh, is there any other test that they can give for sobriety versus, you know, for pot? If they're failing the field sobriety test, that is it. That's that's the first uh, step. So they don't have um, to. So if they fail the field sobriety test, uh, an officer does not have to assign it to a specific cause. It just means they failed, and that's good enough. Right, because then they're operating under the influence. Got it. And it's defense attorney's uh, job to prove well they were on medication, and that's that's. That's that's a failing argument anyway because certain medications say do not operate heavy equipment. We're not talking about bulldozers. A car is a heavy <laughs> piece of equipment. Right, right. I get it. Right. All right. It's, so the bottom line is. So the bottom line is in Connecticut. You know, in Arizona, if you're uh, arrested for a DUI, it's mandatory twenty four hours in jail. Like goodbye for for a day. Goodbye. Every state does this a little differently. In Connecticut, it sounds like you get one, assuming you haven't hurt anybody, right? That's a big assumption. Right. You get sort of one get-out-of-jail-free card to be able to take this class and have this expunged from your record. But if you're going to do it again, the law is going to make you pay for it. Sounds like right. that's where we are. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. The most of the judges I deal with, they want to have individuals seek treatment. If you find you're having a problem with alcohol, seek treatment and and don't operate a motor vehicle. They're very, very fair about that. Um, If you get a second offense so fast after the first, well, there's something going on here. What is your problem? But don't hurt the public at large because you have a problem. Don't make your problems the public's problem. Seek treatment. And I, I must be honest, every judge I've ever been before in each courthouse when it comes to um, drug pro, um, arrest or alcohol arrest, they are pro-treatment. Get treatment for it. Don't do this behavior again if, if, you, if this is what's going on. Well, usually if they're in front of a judge on something like this and they haven't killed anybody, the truth is the matter is they have to be very grateful there, but for the grace of God that they didn't kill somebody. And if they don't understand that that's an opportunity to get well, then there's really something wrong with them. And I'm going to show my age even one further. When I went to driving ed school way back in the day, um, the instructor said driving is a privilege. It's not a constitutional right. Remember that every time you get behind the wheel. And in the age of Uber and everything else, there's literally no excuse anymore. There's no excuse. You just call an Uber and go home. Frank Bevelacqua, thanks. Preservation. Exactly. Well, thanks. Thank you so much for sorry to take you away from your business at the court, but I really wanted you to come on and explain the law today because I think a lot of people don't know it. So thanks for coming on. Thank you. Pleasure. My pleasure. Have a good day. Have a good holiday. Thank you so much. Frank Bevelacqua from DePamphilis and Valerie. We'll be right back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.